We want to welcome all of our listeners to the 28th episode of Minority Report with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with real operators and leaders in digital media. Today, joining us is Nadia Gonzalez, who is the founder and CEO of ENC Squared. Welcome, Nadia. How are you doing? I am well. How are you? Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. We're so excited you're here. Tell our listeners and viewers a little bit about what you're currently doing and a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I'm a native Angelino. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. I'm a first-generation Mexican-American. Grew up in Inglewood. And uh, now I have been in New York City for over 15 years working in uh, technology. Wow. Tell us a little bit about your, your company and what, what your area of expertise is. Yeah. So ENC Squared was founded about a year and a half ago. And it really came out of all of my experience as a head of marketing for different technology startups that I've worked for in both the advertising technology world and most recently, the world of financial technology. Very it's cool. essentially the way that, that I kind of think of the company. It's a a CMO for higher marketing services organizations. So we provide strategy and consulting work for mostly seed round, series A stage companies that are in the B2B technology, in the B2B tech world. Now, Nadia, as, as we were talking before we, we started recording, I, I think you have a super interesting career path and, and journey. For the listeners out there, why don't you give everyone uh, some background on yourself there. Yeah, so I have worked in tech for the past 13 years, um, both ad tech and fintech, but it wasn't a very clear path to getting to the world of ad tech and fintech. You know, being first generation, um, not only in the US, but first person in my family to go to college, I didn't really have anyone telling me how to find advertising <laughs> or ad tech. I didn't even know it was a thing until it was really introduced to me. But um, I had a string of random jobs coming out of college from working as a set builder <laughs> in Los Angeles. And then when I first came to New York in 2005, I opened up a yoga studio that's still in business, by the way. It's called Own Factory. I was one of the original co-founders of that business. And in those early days of 2005, when we were opening up the first studio, I was living in the studio, which was in a factory building on 37th wow. and 8th. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a, an interesting couple of years to like sleep on a, a, a mat on the floor and then wake up at 8 a.m. You know, and uh, I was teaching class and running the studio. So an interesting couple of years in the yoga world. Nice. And, and how did you get into ad tech? So when I was working at the studio and just, you know, trying to find a way into a more stable career... I was lucky enough to meet the great Ben Barocas, whom we all know. Someone had, <laughs> yeah, someone had once mentioned, you know, you had this background in TV, but it was actual TV production. And the, the way to go now is digital media. Everyone's doing this. So it, this was like 2000, uh, 2007. And I met with Ben Barocas. Someone's like, you should talk to this guy. This is before he founded AdMeld. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I met him out for a drink. I'm like, this is what I do. This is my background. And I'm like, how does that, you know, parlay into ad tech? He's like, yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this was like August of 2007. And then like December 2007, he gives me a call. And he's like, let's meet up. I'm starting this company. I want to tell you what it is. It's me and five engineers, four engineers. 
I need someone that can help me run the the office and basically do everything and anything. You told me what you're doing for your yoga studio, the marketing, the communications, like actually operating the business, teaching class. I need someone who's like a jack of all trades that can just help me get the office up and running. So I said, okay, I had no idea what yield optimization for premium publishers <laughs> was. Like literally had no clue what that was. Don't but worry I'm about like, it. Most, most, people in, most people in our industry today still don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll take it. Hire me. I can, I can figure it out. And he was amazing. His co-founder, Brian Adams, was amazing. He was the CTO. And I basically did everything and anything. I was the office manager, the HR manager, the whatever, insert title here manager. And um, eventually, once the, the company grew, I was able to settle into marketing and really, really learn the trade of marketing for B2B tech platforms within the, the ad tech world. And we were publisher focused. So I got to work with a lot of really great premium publishers. Nice. And so obviously you were there with AdMelt through the acquisition. You've been involved in a, in a couple of, of ad tech acquisitions, and then you transitioned to, to the fintech world. How, how did that transition happen? Yeah, <laughs> interesting <laughs> enough. So first of all, I'll, I'll certainly tout that for all three of the tech startups that I've joined early stage, all of them have been acquired. So maybe... Maybe I'm the, the lucky charm, but um, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, <laughs> it could also be all the other great people that work there. And for Admiral, they'll certainly say Michael Barrett. So I've got to give a proper shout out where that's due. So Admeld, you know, they're through acquisition, which was a really amazing and interesting acquisition for everyone that was involved. We were bought by Google for about $500 million. And the majority of individuals found themselves working at Google. And many people that are former colleagues are still at Google through that opportunity. So for someone who kind of was a random set builder and a yoga person to mm -hmm. now be working at Google, which a place that I don't think by just looking at my resume would hire me <laughs> <laughs> off the bat, like, there we go. You know, I've got check, done that, Google. And I got to spend a really great year there working as the product marketer for DFP. At the time, mm -hmm. I know it's a different name now, but we'll, we'll stick to what it was when I was there. Yeah. Nice. And, and so, you know, you've been through a few acquisitions in the ad tech world. You transitioned over to fintech. You now are running your, your own company. Is there one accomplishment in your career that sticks out to you that you're, you know, you hang your hat on, say you're most proud of, or are there multiple accomplishments? Yeah, I would say multiple. And I'll, I'll take a step back to, um, you know, how did I get from ad tech to fintech? Yeah. And the Google experience has a huge part of that. And the network of individuals that, and colleagues that I met, you know, my peers essentially have a huge part into how my career has, has shifted. So in the early days of the Google acquisition, when you kind of get acquired and you're trying to figure out like, what's the new team I'm on? And am I, am I on my same you know, product? Are they moving me somewhere else? There was a colleague who I started with at the early days of AdMeld. His name is Matt Burton. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> He um, had some time on his hands when he was at Google before they placed him on a team. Online lending, peer-to-peer -peer lending at the time, this is about 2012, was quite new. And he noticed that the interface for a lot of the online lenders is very similar to the interface that a lot of ad networks had. So as you guys know, RTB came around, DSPs and SSPs and all of that, the auction started to happen. 
So Matt was savvy enough to figure out like, there's a similarity here. There's something here. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's optimizing, you know, the ads business and, and how could that optimize this nascent peer-to-peer lending business? And he was smart enough to, to sort of figure that out. I'll get back to that in a moment. Yeah. Working at Google, Jason Kelly, Carell, someone I know you know as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, left to become the CEO of a company called Sociomantic, a German based uh, retargeting platform that was skyrocketing at the time and they needed to open up a North American office. Jason Kelly asked me to join and, you know, you don't say no to Jason. So (laughs) (laughs) I knew about a year after I was at at Google, I realized, here's what I realized that has really helped me and has really formed my business is that I love the early day startups. It's not for everyone. I love it. The bigger the company gets, like I can play that game, but I love the early days where you've got your hands in everything and, you know, all hands on deck sort of mentality. That, is that the main reason why you love the early stage yes, companies? Yes, that's how squared focuses on seed round, uh, right. series A round companies. So leave Google, join Jason. Uh, we're at Sociomantic for a couple of years. Lo and behold, that company gets acquired by uh, Dunhumby Tesco. So going through that acquisition mm-hmm. was very different because it was very international and global. Uh, had a lot of global exposure. And Sociomantic had about 13 offices worldwide at the time. So my marketing game then is like a senior director of marketing and working with international teams across all of their offices and learning how to work with people in different cultures around the world was really, really cool. And so was the travel involved at the time. (laughs) So (laughs) that was really cool. That acquisition um, taught me a lot about how um, they all play out differently, right? So having um, this international angle was really important for that, for the success of that company. So once they were acquired, as most marketers are, sometimes are uh, out of a job after an acquisition, they like to keep uh, the tech and the product engineers and the product people my my good friend Matt Burton, two years later, was busy developing a fintech platform called Orchard Platform. And so he gave me a call and was like, Hey, Nadia, we need some marketing help. Would you mind consulting? And I had the opportunity to take this summer off in 2014. So I was like, Sure, I'll, I'll consult. But you need to know, I know nothing about financial services and you know this. And he's like, That's fine because we know nothing about marketing. I'm like, Great, let's, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped right in. Peer-to-peer lending evolved into online lending. And it's something that came out of the crisis when banks stopped lending to consumers. Basically, capital dried up. And so peers started lending to peers. So Lending Club was one of the first great peer-to-peer lenders. That was the, the platform where Matt saw the similarities of interface between Lending Club and some of the ad networks that we had previously worked with. So he actually built a company. The, the early vision of Orchard was, how do we help institutional investors bid on loans, essentially inventory that they would want the way a DSP would bid on a user on an ad mm-hmm. um, and make the process faster for them? Of course, there were different things because it's finance and the world of, of credit and lending. And so there's a lot of financial implications and models and risks that go into play with how the bidding intelligence went into play. But there was certainly similarity there. And one of the things that I thought was pretty cool was, you know, as ad tech has evolved and matured, technology really plays a strong role in how industry is impacted, right? And so ad tech, digital advertising, certainly very mature these days. But what I got to take out of the AdMold experience was how things change quickly and how technology changes an industry 
And so I got to see that very same thing that I've done with Admeld and Sociomantic now play out in Orchard and actually be at the forefront at what was happening. So there's a nascent industry. Technology is going to impact that change and optimize it in a way that's better for all parties involved. And so knowing that playbook that I've been able to sort of run through twice on the publishing side with Admeld, on the brand side with Sociomantic, you know, now a little bit different in the world of financial services, but it wasn't your traditional, you know, types of banks. These were non-bank online lenders. So being at the forefront of kind of a, a bit of a revolutionary in lending and knowing how the, what the playbook is and how technology changes an industry really helped me kind of jump in, know what I was doing, know how to work with data, know how to work with engineers so that what I had to make up for in understanding the world of credit and the world of lending and what happens there, you know, I was able to do that quickly because I knew how marketing and technology can impact an industry. Right, right. So, so understanding the, the marketing and the technology, how that impacts industry, help make that transition from ad tech to fintech to now what you're doing as a, a consultant a little bit easier. But at the same time, you still have to learn. You still have to become a student of the industry you're moving into, right? That's right. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, it's interesting, you, a lot of great experience, great leaders. And at that time, you know, we're going to be future sort of leaders and, and of, of, of companies. And, you know, I'm curious about your experiences, you know, at, at different companies. What was that like for you personally? And did you ever face discrimination? And maybe how did you deal with that if you did? Sure. Well, you know, for me, um, I definitely have some experiences that were, you know, a punch to the gut, um, <laughs> or at least how it was perceived through some of the challenges I had in terms of coming up, you know, in, in terms of my career, I was in my early 30s when I was really starting out in the world of ad tech. So there were, you know, people younger than me that were, you know, moving into their, you know, senior roles much more quickly because they have had a little bit more of like a straight line and a focus and have only done stuff within ad tech. Whereas, you know, I spent the first, you know, my 20s basically like, in random industries doing different things. So in terms of experience, I really had to prove myself just being a little bit older, like really prove myself that like, you know, I may not have been in ad tech very long, but I sure as hell know how to work and I know how to roll up my sleeves and work, you know, harder than anyone else. And, you know, look at me like I can do this just like anyone else. So in one of my earlier experiences, you know, as I mentioned, I basically did everything and anything that was needed in my early days of AdMeld. Well, in another experience, I was working with a company that was looking to you know, hire an office manager. And I was helping out with that, that process, interviewing um, candidates. And the hiring manager, when I brought someone in who had a very similar background to me, lots of you know, different things, like not, not that straight and narrow path, came in. And this candidate was also someone of color. And the, the, hire, the hiring manager you know, sat me aside and was like, Nadia, let me tell you why this isn't the right candidate. And I know that they're, they have a similar resume to yours, so no offense, but you know they don't really like show a lot of traction. Like you know they don't really show that they're focused on where they want to go. And I was like, excuse me, <laughs> like do I not deserve to be in the role that I am? Like yeah, it takes not everyone figures out what they want to do or, or finds that thing that they want to do immediately or has the opportunity or the access to know about certain you know industries particularly something like ad tech that like, at least, you know, coming out of school when that was fresh for me, like, 
who knew that that was a thing. So I was just like, that's not cool because, you know, the people that you see that are very focused and, and just really know how to like play out these moves probably have some, someone directing them, someone mentoring them or, or just someone with more experience who's not like, you know, first generation coming out of college and not really knowing like what to do next to mentor them from a, a career perspective. And, you know, that could be family even, you know, that says a lot. So giving opportunity where opportunity is due to individuals that can work hard, I, I think is huge. And, you know, I love our office managers. I used to be that person. And um, just ensuring that particularly women who fall into administrative roles can go on to do things that are more at a, a non-administrative role is really important to me. So that has always been something that I've looked out for. And I've mentored many, many young girls and many office managers turned into marketing managers managers, and now, you know, senior execs at, at other places that have really taken off. So it's, it's all about awesome. like, yeah, that's, that's awesome to hear. I, and, and I think like part of the, the lesson there, well, there's, there's two that I take from there. That is, is one is just because you start somewhere doesn't mean that that's where you have to stay and, okay. and that's your career. And then the other one is also too, is sometimes if you don't have all the experience in the world, it's just about getting your foot in the door and then you bust your butt and then you can that's right. on as well too. That's right. <laughs> you know, um, it's interesting. We're all obviously, you know, doing this uh, from our homes right now. And I'm always curious about like sort of how you're managing generally sort of the work-life balance. Is there such a thing? You know, I think the question's a little bit more interesting now, especially in the, in the times of COVID-19. You know, what's, what's the work-life balance for you uh, now? Well, it's certainly interesting. So thank you for asking. So uh, I am currently displaced. I guess it's the word we're using. My family and I are, are not in New York City right now. We are on a horse farm in Pennsylvania. I'm literally living on a ranch across from 20 horses, which I think is really cool. But you know, we had the opportunity and we're lucky enough to be able to, one, get out of New York City, two, bring our wonderful and amazing nanny with us. Um, I have a three and a half year old and a seven and a half month old. And we made like a, a, a game time decision. You know, and my husband had a lot of great insight to, um, Say, you know, do we want to be on lockdown in New York City in a shoebox, or um, does it make sense to kind of get out of here now and be able to maintain some 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 normal normalcy for the kids and a little bit of space? So it's interesting because I am now a bit of a teacher for my son who's in preschool. We have a daily Zoom meeting at ten thirty every morning, and so being on a massive Zoom call with a bunch of three year olds <laughs> is uh, my new reality. But I'm actually enjoying it. It's really quite funny to see three-year-olds throwing tantrums and, you know, as well as answering questions and engaging on, on the Zoom link. So that's part of my day-to-day reality now. And I'm just kind of trying to sort of go with the flow, like let change happen as hard as it is and not be so obstinate about it. You know, I definitely want to be able to kind of look back on these months on a farm and say like, you know, we got to see horses every day. We got to, you know, plant some we we brought star strawberry plants the other day. So now, you know, I'm planting as well. And it's certainly making um, work a challenge, particularly navigating a crisis. I know a lot of business owners and people in executive or, you know, director positions like need to make some really tough decisions right now. I'm making those myself. I'm on the receiving end of those myself. So it's just um, 
a little bit of compassion and a little bit of like, hey, life, show me, show me the way because my my plans got thrown out the window. And so just kind of softening to that, I think is um the way to sort of treat it because um, you know, meeting it head on is not good for the mind, body, or soul right now. <laughs> you know, um where you're at because it's so different from where you are every day usually. There's lots of areas and lots of ways to find inspiration. How are you finding inspiration and staying motivated like like where you are now because it's so different? So I had been given permission to go feed the carrots, uh, feed the horses carrots (laughs) 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 on Sunday afternoons, although I'm doing it more than just Sunday afternoons. Um, (laughs) And there's these 20 rescue horses. Um, It's a rescue ranch where they've taken a bunch of either abused horses or horses that... um, you know, we're, we're off to slaughter that are here. And these horses work with, well, not right now because, you know, everything's pretty much shut down. But I got to see a little bit of it in action before the full shutdown happened here in Pennsylvania. But um, these horses work with children that have a lot of um, needs and disabilities like autism. And so caring for the horses, there's little Shetland ponies that they can ride. I got to see a little bit of this and I just thought that was amazing. And being able to see how the owners are doing their work here with the animals during a time of need and, you know, the animals need to be cared for, you know, the children aren't around right now. It's just really inspiring to kind of see how something could just be so different from New York, right? Like who knew that this was going on? And so just kind of walking around the horses, feeding them carrots with my son and just taking it all in and trying to not have too many expectations or have hangups about, you know, what's happening and just enjoying the moment and, you know, slow down because there really isn't anything else to do but slow down is um, very humbling and a very good reminder. Yeah, isn't it, it, isn't it so interesting the twists and turns life can take you in? There's no way you could have imagined two months ago that you'd right. be eating horses on a ranch, right? Like, right. It's, it's, what's, what's the joke? Um, how do you make God laugh? Tell him your plans. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. So listen, Nadi, I mean, you, you've given some great advice today on, on the podcast. You've mentioned also too that you like to mentor women that are, are coming up and, and coming into the industry. Any additional advice that you either usually give to those that you mentor? You know, it's literally, Carol, what you said earlier, which is like, get your foot in the door and work hard. <laughs> yeah. Get your foot in the door and work hard and know and know that you deserve it. Like, you know, not everyone is gonna know your past and who cares, you know. Like I right. struggle a lot with, you know, do I belong here? Am I qualified to be here? You know, I didn't have these same opportunities. And so I've got to like work twice as hard to 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 keep up or at least feel like I deserve it. That was sort of a, a part of my psyche when I was, you know, younger and, and starting out in, in my career. And I'm at a point now where I'm like, hell yeah, I deserve it. Like, how could I have ever have doubted it? But you kind of have to like get through it to, to kind of get to that destination. And it's like, fight the fights and know that like, you, you know, you, you can pick yourself up by your bootstraps and you own it now. You deserve it. Like, you don't have to doubt that anymore. And so it's fun to be on, on the other side of that coin. But, but having, having been there, like, I recognize it in other young women that are starting. And those are the women I love to make myself available to. Mm. And it's like, get your foot in the door and don't take shit from anyone and just work twice as hard and you deserve it. Awesome. Awesome. 
Another uh, fun question I love asking every guest that comes on the podcast, which is give us your top three apps that are on your phone and you cannot name your email or calendar app. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought about that one. So right now, the New York Times app, because there's just so much news and stuff to stay on top of. Like, yeah. It, that one's a hard one to open, but that one's definitely <laughs> on my phone right now. So is Amazon. because <laughs> <laughs> The so essentials. Like, Can I get hand sanitizer delivered? Yeah, like, I haven't seen hand sanitizer on a store shelf in ages, as well as toilet paper. I think everyone's deal. It's like, what happened? So Amazon to the rescue. Um, <laughs> and um, I do have Slack open on my phone a bunch, but I, you know, I was looking at my phone and when, uh, when we're not in quarantine, mm-hmm. and I do get the chance to go back to uh, California, the in and out burger app, <laughs> the in and out burger app is, is definitely always on my phone. It tells you where the closest in and out burger joint is to you. And, has all the the background on the secret ordering and you know animal style and all all that stuff that you can do, but just like where are we? What street are we on? Where's the closest yeah. out? Bam! <laughs> well, I'll give you credit that that's a new one that we have not. Oh yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> cool. Well, great. well uh, Nadia, thanks for sharing your time with us and so much of your experience. That that's awesome. You know, you're open to to having a discussion. How can our our viewers and, and listeners uh, get in touch with you. For sure, you can find me on on LinkedIn, Nadia Gonzalez, CEO, founder of ENC Squared. On Twitter, uh, Nadia underscore Gonzalez, and that's Gonzalez with two Z's, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z. Very cool. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. And everyone, thanks for, for listening and watching. Be sure to find us where you find all of your audio and your video. Thanks. <laughs>